Len, these last few weeks, it's been a desire to, to get all of us to this place where we know our God-sized purposes for our time here on earth, right? And there's so much happening around in, in our context. There's so much happening in the city. There's so much happening on the global scale. Uh, one of the main things that, that kind of keeps us grounded, one of the main things that kind of keeps us sane is our God-given assignment and our God-given purpose. See, because each one of us has a God-sized purpose for our life. Each one of us has a God-sized purpose for your life. And, and, and this is unfolded, uh, the, the God-sized purpose, the God-sized uh, assignment is unfolded in your life as you pursue the person of Jesus Christ. You know, because He is the giver of those dreams, those desires and those, and those very things that He wants to establish in your life and through your life. So yeah, if you have been if you have been tuning in for the last few weeks, but but have really missed out on the point of this entire talk series, let me help you get started. Let me help you get started. When was the when was the last time you asked yourself about your God-given purpose? When was the last time? I'm not talking just about your dreams. I'm not talking about your ambitions. I'm not just talking about those desires that you have. But I'm talking about those unique, incredible things that God has in mind for you. I'm talking about those, those specific moments. I'm talking about those specific nudges and, 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 and impressions that God keeps dropping in your heart, you know, from time to time. And, and we have seen this in the life of Joseph that everything that happened in his life led him to his God-given purpose. Come on, are you guys with me? Everything that happened in Joseph's life led him to his God-given purpose. And, and as we close out, right, on this series at this, at this location and with everything that's happening, as we close out on this talk series, I want to help us see something really significant. Right, so, so brace yourself, gear up. Hey, but before that, I just thought I want to ask you this, right? Uh, has anybody keeping account of your virtual calls and, and the meetings that you have been having in, in a particular week? I mean, what does that look like for you? Come on, if you, if you know that, if you know the answer to that, can you just throw a, a shout out something in the chat and, and just let, let our host know? What does that look, does it look like? Five calls, 10 calls, 15 calls in a day, in a week? What does that look like? Because man, it's, it's crazy. Those, those FaceTime calls, those, those WhatsApp videos, uh, video calls, those group chats, those group calls. And of course, how can we forget about the pandemic social network, Zoom, right? I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how much Zoom has come into the scene globally, globally. Hey, by the way, talking about Zoom. I've got some interesting, interesting things that I that I read, and I just thought, uh, if if you have ever taken our time to read about this company and the history and the and the way it started off, it's crazy. You know, the founder Eric Yuan, uh, he he's basically from China, and uh, he he had this original thought of of creating Zoom uh, when he used to take these 10-hour uh, train journeys. 
uh, to just to go and see his girlfriend in China, who's now his wife. You know, and, and, and it's during those times that he really started to imagine like, you know, what would it look like for him to meet with his girlfriend uh, and not have to travel so much. You know, that's where the, that's where the idea of, of kickstarting something like Zoom started. And then we all know, you know, Zoom uh, started off in this, in this 2011. But here's something really interesting about Eric, the founder. He, he had this he had this dream he had this desire to go to go to uh, uh, the United States because that's where the internet boom was he wanted to go uh, and be in Silicon Valley because you know a lot of things happen over there some lot of creative uh, things happen over there a lot of startups good startups come out from Silicon Valley I'm sure we all know that but here's something that really got my attention when he decided to go to Silicon Valley and he started applying for his uh, uh, for the visa in the United States, he got rejected eight times. That's right, not once, not twice, not thrice, eight times he was rejected. And, and it, it was at the ninth go when he finally got his uh, US visa and, and he went in and he still had this, he had this desire to kind of create this, this product called Zoom. And, uh, you know, he, he, he went up against the big boys in the, in the tech industry, people like, you know, tech giants like Microsoft, tech giants like Google, who had already had their, pro uh, their products in place, right? And he, he goes up against these guys after a lot of his friends and advisors tell him, hey man, you might just get sucked into this and... and Nothing great might even happen in this, but this guy was 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 resilient. This guy was persistent, and he just went through. In 2011 is when Zoom, the company, was was started. He founded that after he had worked with some some on great products like Webex. For all those tech guys, uh, all those ID company geeks, you know what I'm talking about. Webex was was uh, he worked with this company, and then he also worked with Cisco. And, and then we see when he moves out, he, he starts this in 2011. And, and after that, we all know, you know, there's, these guys are crafting some incredible future for themselves. Zoom is one of the top apps that has been downloaded, especially during the pandemics. It's been crazy the amount of Zoom calls that has been happening. Are you guys, are you guys doing a lot of your Zoom calls through the week? I hope you are just to stay in, in touch, just to stay in touch and connected with your loved ones. But, but can you imagine, here's, here's, the, here's the crazy part. Can you imagine if Eric was just caught up in his moments of regret or in those seasons of regret when he was rejected for his visa those initial few times? You know, the first time must have been horrible. The second time... Well, you would have just started getting a bit used to it. The third time, he's like, my goodness, what is happening? Fourth, fifth time. And he's like, okay, I think I should just drop this whole plan. See, because one moment or season of rejection does not equate to a lifetime of rejection. I want somebody to hear this. I don't know who this is for, but I just want to put it out there. One moment or season of rejection does not equate to a lifetime of rejection. And as, as we wrap up this, this talk series called I'm Still Standing, I've titled my talk for today. And it's, it's more of a question to you guys. And I hope you can ask this to yourself or ask this on chat to your friends who are watching with you. My title for today is, Are You Zooming Out? 
are you zooming out? I know I asked you this question about how many how many calls and things like that you're doing, but it's crazy the amount of amount of uh, information, the amount of content that we are consuming, even if it's through Zoom. You know those calls, but but really, right? The, the, the question that we need to ask ourselves is as much as we are getting so much, as much as we're diving into our jobs, as much as we're diving into the tasks at hand, the projects that we have taken, the businesses that we want to run, and, and we get so intricately involved in doing life and, and getting so busy with life that, that sometimes we fail to zoom out. We fail to just step back, just to sit back and understand the bigger, grander picture that God is trying to craft through your life and also in your life. What does my God-given purpose look like? I wonder if we have asked ourselves that question. What does my God-given purpose look like? And I wonder, you have, uh, if you have, uh, I hope rather, you have not stopped asking yourself this question. Even in the midst of this pandemic, even in the midst of there's so much wrong that is going around, around us in, in the world, I hope you have not stopped asking this question because some of us need to hear this. I need to hear this, that we need to learn and we need to develop the habit of zooming out on a frequent basis and asking ourselves this very important question. What is my God-given purpose? What is my God-given purpose? And Joseph helps us learn this lesson and this principle of zooming out so well. You know, he, he, kind of, he kind of, if you read through the story of Joseph, we see a beautiful story, a beautiful picture that God is writing in so many different ways. And Joseph helps us learn the principle of zooming out where he's not just fixated. He's not just so fixated on the current seasons of his life. Not that he's ignorant. Not that he is distracted, not that, not that he, he cares any, any less about it, but he is not just fixated on what is going on in his life. But Joseph was fixated on seeing the purposes of God being fulfilled in all the seasons of his life. Can you say that with me? All the seasons of his life. Joseph was fixated on that. And let me, let me break this down to you. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 45 uh, and we'll read from verses 25 onwards. I'm reading from the message version. Uh, Genesis 45, 25 onwards from the message translation. They left Egypt. It's talking about the brothers of Joseph. You know, They, they left Egypt and went back to their father Jacob in Canaan. When they told him, Joseph is still alive and he's a ruler over the land of Egypt, he went numb. He couldn't believe his ears. But the more they talked, telling him everything that could, uh, but the more they talked, telling him everything that Joseph had told them. And when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him back, the blood started to flow again. Their father Jacob's spirit revived. Israel said, I've heard enough. My son Joseph is still alive. I've got to go and see him before I die. Jacob, Joseph's dad, is stunned after, after getting to know that his son is still alive. His brothers, uh, you guys know, the, uh, uh, you know, we saw this last week. 
his brothers get to know uh, about who Joseph is, that he's alive and, and the position, the influence and the authority that he has. And when they, they kind of break this news, when they come back uh, to, to the land where they're staying, Canaan, uh, they, they break this news uh, after they have brought back their, their two brothers who were almost captive, uh, Benjamin and Simeon. They bring them back with a whole lot of supply, uh, supplies for the tribe of Egypt and they break the news of Joseph being alive. And Jacob is ecstatic. Jacob is stunned. He's so happy. And now, you know, he can't just believe it. But, but you see, there's this amount of joy. His spirit, the Bible says his spirit was revived. His spirit was revived. Because you see, I maybe, maybe, until now, he was still somewhere filled with grief. He still had this void and, and he was still experiencing the loss of his loved ones. And, and we saw this last week, you know, but, and, and to add to that, there was a famine in the land which was only growing uh, and, and getting worse. And maybe he was just content with the needs and the provisions being met in the current season. You know, the, the calamities, the pain, and the loss sometimes, it really forces us to take off your eyes from your purpose. Does that happen to you? You know, the seasons of challenges, the, the difficulties kind of forces us or, uh, to take your eyes off your purpose. And Jacob is thinking, you know, he's ready to die. That's what he says. You know, uh, he's ready to die after, after he's spent some time with Joseph. He thinks, okay, that's it. That's, that's my purpose. And that's all that is going to, that's left of my life. And I want to go back, meet my son. And I think that's it. But, but if you read on, if you go reading on, it says that the, the next chapter, it says that God intervened. God had to intervene Jacob's thought process. God had to, God had to interrupt his plans. Has that ever happened to you guys? Has God ever interrupted your plans? Has God ever disrupted your plans? You know, you, you've, you've made up your mind about something and you're just about to act on it, but God interrupts your plan. Have you been there? You know, you, you're about to take some decisions that may not really be ideal or may not be the right ones, but God interrupts those moments. Has that ever happened to you? you you're about to say some of the things that you're not supposed to say, but God interrupts your speech with those nudges. God interruptions are classic at some times. It, it's not always the best, but they are so necessary. Jacob, for all you know, would have maybe would have forgotten about the God-sized purpose because of the various seasons of loss, of grief, of pain that he had gone through. Because you see, like I said, the, the, the calamities, the challenges, the, the loss, the pain, the, the trauma, it kind of limits your focus. To just limit your focus to just see the current needs being met. You're just so, you become, you and me, we become so, so focused on the next need being met. We become so focused on, the, on just seeing, okay, what is the next provision that would come in? You're just so focused on how can you just get through this month. You're just so focused on how can you just get those bills going. You're just so focused on how can I get through these months of lockdown and these months of pandemic and I can get up and back on my feet. And you may not have even realized this. But you have taken off your eyes from the God-sized purpose. 
You have taken off your eyes from your God-sized purpose. You are, you are so zoomed in to the current season and the situations that you are facing that you have lost sight of your purpose. And the mistake we make, hear, hear me guys, hear me, hear me when I say this, the mistake we make is to constantly look out for provisions at the cost of sacrificing your purpose. Can I? God really dropped this challenging thought in my, in my heart. And I realized that this is something that he has been working in my life and through my life for so many years. But it took me a while to realize this. Provisions are not the solution to your pain. Your purposes. In case if you missed that, I want you to hear this again and, and let this thought sink in. If there's anything that you need to take back today, I hope it is this. Provisions are not the solutions to your pain. Provisions are not this, always the solutions to your current seasons of challenges, of loss, of despair, of worry, of anxiety. Provisions are not always the solution. Your God-given purpose is... Jacob needed to hear that before he went into Egypt. When Jacob decides and he makes up his mind that, okay, I'm going to go into Egypt with all of those thoughts that, okay, there's some provisions. Okay, now I have these, my, my sons have helped sort out some food for my tribe during this time of famine. So I think I'm okay. I think I'll just go see my son. I think that'll be the end of my life. But God had to intervene and God reminded Jacob God reminds Jacob of the covenant he had received. And the covenant was, I will make of you a great nation. Let's read Genesis 35 and these two verses, 11 and 12. We are reading again from the message version. This is a conversation between God and Jacob. And God continued saying, I am the strong God. He's telling Jacob, I am the strong God. Have children, flourish a nation, a whole company of nations will come from you. Kings will come from alliance. The land I gave Abraham and Isaac, I now give to you and, and, and pass it on to your descendants. This is a conversation between God and Jacob. I wonder, I wonder with all that Jacob had gone through, right? I wonder if he lost sight of his God-given covenant. And he just settled for rare provisions. I wonder if the entire tribe of Jacob, who was, who was hearing the promise that they had received from God, who was hearing the promise they had received from the living God, uh, you know, they got, up, they, they got so caught up on the ongoing seasons, that they got, up so, they got so caught up with the current challenges that they missed out on seeing the bigger, grander picture for themselves. See, because can I, can I tell you this? We've been studying the life of Joseph, right? And, and the story of Jacob, uh, the story of Joseph does not begin when, when, when he was a teenager, you know. The real story, if you, if you, if you really want to know the, the story, the bigger story, if you really want to know the actual story, the story of Joseph begins with a covenant blessing from the living God. The story of Joseph begins when he was probably not even skilled, when he was probably not even equipped to, to handle the blessings from God. And, 
And when I was, when I was reading about this, God really spoke to, spoke to this particular situation, uh, about this situation into my, into my heart. And, and I wonder if we missed the point that our stories, for the God-sized purposes, began way before we were born. Our stories, for the God-sized purposes, began when Jesus took up that cross for us and gave us this new abundant life that we find in Him. Our stories began with the new covenant with the living God through everything that Jesus has done for each one of us. But we will fail to tap into the abundance of this new life. We will fail to see everything that Jesus assures us if we are just so fixated, if we are too deeply involved with just one season of your life. Are you guys hearing me tonight? Joseph's life had so many painful encounters, so many horrible moments. For, and for a while, it kept getting from bad to worse before it all turned out for his good. And can you imagine the risk? Can you imagine the utter regret if Joseph would have been caught up or only focused on the problems at hand? See, because one season you're, you're, you, it might look like everything around you is dead. One season it might look like nothing is working out in your favor. One season it might feel like everybody is against you. But it's still a season, guys. It's still a season because with all those adversities, with everything that was happening in the life of Joseph, he continued to put his faith in the covenant-keeping God. He continued to put his faith in the covenant-keeping God. Anybody still remembers that we have received a word and we have received a promise from God for flourishing? 2020 is your year for flourishing. 2020 is our year for flourishing and and God's plan for for flourishing for the entire nation of Israel was established through a slave through through a prisoner and 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 then a governor of the land you know Joseph he was all of this he was a slave at one season he was a prisoner in another season and then he was a governor of the land and as the same person who goes through these different phases of life with the learnings and that, that kind of helps build on the maturity. That kind of helps build on his understanding to handle the greater responsibilities that God pushes us into. See, at one point of time, like I said, everything might look like it's dead. At one point of time, everything might look like you, nothing is working in your favor. But I want to tell you, I really want to tell you, I really, really want to tell you, as Christ followers, what sets things in perspective for us is the unchanging Word of God in the changing times. Oh man, I'm excited to, to share this with you from this place. I'm, I'm really excited to share this with you. What sets us apart, what gives us the better, fresher, true perspective, the powerful perspective is that the unchanging Word of God is for you. The unchanging Word of God is with you. The unchanging Word of God is meant for each one of us in these changing times. 
It is the scripture that gives us the hope and courage to craft the future in the midst of the changing present. It is the person of Jesus Christ that brings the peace in your troubled times. It is your dependency on the Holy Spirit that brings the wisdom and counsel and helps us see the bigger, grander picture. Joseph helps us learn this, folks. Joseph really helps us learn this. And see, he, Joseph, not just understands this for himself, but he helps his family and the, and the entire tribe of Israel know this truth. He becomes the reason for the flourishing and the expansion of the nation. This is what the Bible says. Genesis 47, 27. And so Israel settled down in Egypt in the region of Goshen. They acquired property and flourished. They became a large company of people. Jacob lived in Egypt for 17 years. In all, he lived 147 years. That's powerful, man. The tribe, the tribe, just a few handful people, they grew, they multiplied exceedingly. Yet, you know, this is a sad part. And, and let me wrap up with this. Yet the brothers, his own brothers, failed to see what God was wanting to show them. They failed to see what God had established and was going to establish even after so many months and after so many years. And, and Joseph, it takes Joseph again to break this down because here's what happens after Jacob, uh, the, the, Jacob is dead. And his brothers get into this fear that, oh my goodness, we don't know what's going to happen to, to our lives. I think Joseph is going to take re uh, revenge for whatever we have done to him. And then it takes this conversation again, a sit down between Joseph and his brothers. You know, because in fact, they, they are so, so afraid that they kind of send a reminder to him about what their father has spoken about. You know, how you need to be on good terms with Joseph and everything. And finally, they decide to kind of gather the courage to go to him in person and kind of have this conversation that hey I hope you don't kill us and Joseph this is what it says then the brothers went in person to him threw themselves on the ground before him and said we'll be your slaves Joseph replied don't be afraid do I act for God don't you see you planned evil against me but God used those same plans for my good as you see all around you right now, life for many people. Easy now, you have nothing to fear. I'll take, care of, I'll take care of you and your children. He reassured them, speaking with them heart to heart. What a beautiful ending. What a bigger, grander picture that Joseph is helping them see. Life for many people. I want to remind us all, the changing times around us does not have to change the hope of Christ in us. Can I, can I say this again? The changing times around us does not have to change the hope of Christ in us. 
I don't know what you have been going through. I don't know how difficult life is looking for you. You know, maybe you, have, you, you are caught up in the season of wrongs. Maybe you have been caught up in a season of despair. Maybe you have been caught up in a season of loss, a season of pain. And, and it, the list can go on and on and on. But I want to assure you from, from what Joseph spoke to, to, to his brothers. And I feel that God is saying that over you tonight. All of this that you think is bringing the despair, the anxiety, the worry, the evil to attack you. God will turn it around for your good in Jesus' name. Let us not get bogged down, zealous. Let us not get weary of doing good. Let us continue to plug in to everything that Jesus wants to do in your life and through our lives you see because the more we understand the uh, the more we understand and the more we are rooted in the purposes of God for our for our life the better the bigger and the bolder we can make this statement that I'm still standing come on get that somebody have that faith to say that tonight with me that I'm still standing we're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at Zealous Pune or visit us online at zealous.community.